Hey, goal getters, it's Angela. Did you know your Healthy by Association podcast is now available on your Alexa enabled device? Just say, Alexa, play Healthy by Association podcast on TuneIn Radio. Give it a try today. Welcome to Healthy by Association, the podcast. My name is Angela Pelk, and today we have a goal getter story with our very own HBA moderator, Elspeth Russell. First, before we introduce you to Elspeth, I would like to first let you know that we do have a co host today. Sarah Kruger is back. Hey, Sarah. Hello, Angela. I'm excited to be back. This is becoming a thing. I love it. I know. I know. We're the we're the dynamic duo of summer. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you even believe that it is August already? It's. I actually was talking with a friend the other day about this, and it's just that first half of the year whipped by. I feel like we're already looking towards the fall and. <sighs> Yeah, it, time just keeps on marching, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. Well, Healthy by Association is bringing our goal getters um, some content in August about chronic illness and especially how it affects us in the workplace. Um, and we've got um, just a little bit about that. So I'd like to I'd like to just introduce um, what we're going to be talking about here in August. Um, and then we'll chat a little bit about it before we move on. But um, six in 10 adults in the U.S. have a chronic disease, and they're often incurable and ongoing. These can include health conditions like cancer, asthma, and diabetes. Um, and, you know, sometimes these are invisible, which, which makes it, um, you know, a difficult thing to either disclose in the workplace or deal with in the workplace. Um, now, we have learned that many can be prevented or managed through lifestyle choices, including early detection, improved diet, exercise, and treatment therapy, while others cannot. So, um, you know, while it's important to try to prevent these illnesses, it's also important to provide support to any employees who might be dealing with them in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I love this topic. I think it's going to be a very interesting month sort of exploring this in Healthy by Association. Sarah, what, uh, any immediate thoughts coming to your mind about uh, chronic illness in the workplace? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, chronic illness is, you know, can be looked at maybe um, through different lenses, you know, based on, you know, what you might be dealing with, you know, it can certainly be something physical, it could be something, you know, regarding mental health, right. um, you know, or it can even just be something that, you know, in my case, uh, you know, I had a couple of years um, where there was just an undiagnosed problem mm. uh, that started out with an injury. And, you know, it, it was hard because I needed to, you know, request time off. There wasn't really a concrete way to talk about what was going on because I didn't necessarily have answers. And I was fortunate enough to work in a, uh, um, an organization that was kind of very flexible in terms of giving time to work remotely and um, very supportive. But I certainly know that that's not always necessarily the case that, you know, I've chatted with um, other folks who maybe have had, um, 
you know, that extra pressure of having to, uh, you know, figure out a way to, to manage something or, you know, look into something with their health where it's, they're not disclosing at work because they, they perceive it as maybe being looked at as a vulnerability or putting them kind of in the spotlight, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, looking at, you know, cutting down the, the, the work team or whatever. So, so it's definitely something that can, you know, be a struggle to deal with. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very topical, I think, you know, with, with the theme of this month, um, you know, looking at from a multiple different angles is the toll it takes on you kind of working through that stuff. And then again, kind of how that intersects with the workplace. So um, definitely a juicy topic. Yeah, yeah. So I think August is going to be a good month. We've got 31 whole days to discuss and get into this and, you know, figure out, you know, if there's any ways that we can make an effort to improve, you know, improve this in the workplace or, you know, see if we can, you know, affect any change to a, a positive and positive support for um, employees. Absolutely. I, you know, and I just to kind of put a button on it before we switch gears you know, you think about it, I, I think people are accommodating, whether it be a workplace or just, you know, even personal life are, are generally accommodating when it's something going on, but for a short period. Yeah. And then if it goes on longer, then it kind of becomes a question of, oh, how is that going? Or, oh, did that get solved? Or are you feeling better? And it can kind of come to this point where you feel like, wow, I need to say something to you know, fill what that person is looking for, that office is looking for, you know, and I think that can go across, you know, multiple areas of, of life, but it, it's a hard one. And when we say chronic, we say persistent and it's not, there isn't necessarily an end point. And I think right. in this society, that's hard for people to wrap their minds around. Especially well, if they're not someone dealing with it in the first place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'm really excited um, to get into this. First, I have a little bit of housekeeping before we um, formally introduce Elspeth. I'm so excited. She's not been on the podcast before, so this is going to be good. Stuff today. <laughs> All right. So, gosh, goal getters, you know, if you're listening to us, especially on iTunes, that subscribe rate and review is super important to move us. Um, you know, into the forefront so that more people can find us and access our content. So please be sure to do that. Um, we will be posting a mega thread um, in today's group uh, just to engage and see about we, uh, how we can chat about this and engage on this topic. Um, and then, um, as you know, you know, I'm just going to plug our Audible um, sponsorship here, um, www dot audible trial.com slash hba podcast will get you a 30-day trial if you haven't already been a member um i love consumable content that i can just pop in my ear um or play through my car stereo on a road trip or whatever while i'm commuting to work so um this is good stuff this is a this is a little perk for our goal getters this 30-day trial so definitely go get it i'll put the link in the show notes all right so without further ado, Elspeth Russell is here. Welcome, Elspeth. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here talking with you guys about this. 
You know, Elspeth has been a moderator with us for, gosh, the better part of this year, maybe even from the end of 2018. And I believe this is the first time we've actually um, spoken with you and you are our wellness moderator for the HBA community. I'd love to hear um, a lot about you and how you got connected to Healthy by Association. Yeah, well, definitely. So I um, have been working with associations um, for more than a decade now. Um, I started out on the vendor side working for um, Naylor Association Solutions, um, and that was how I met Erin. Um, we worked together and collaborated together on um, different content for many of the state society groups. Um, and then I ended up working for an association for uh, several years, and um, during my um, journey um, in terms of my chronic illness, I happened to see that Erin had started um, HBA, and it just really appealed to me, and I was really happy to see that he was um, filling that voice for the association community. And just reached out to him to just say that and compliment him. And then the conversation sort of evolved from there. So I'm excited to, to be a part of the group. That's so good. Um, so you, you mentioned a connection to chronic illness. And um, that's, that's what we were hoping to hear about yeah. from you today. <laughs> and I know it's something that you speak openly about, and you've written um, many articles about what, mm -hmm. um, you know, your experience has been. Um, will you share a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so I am um, a mom of uh, twins, young twins. So for years, I had been going to doctors and complaining that I was just very tired and just felt run down. Um, and, you know, they would say, oh, well, you're a working mom with twins, so of course you're tired. Yeah. And so they would just sort of send me on my way. Um, and, you know, I just continued on like that for, for years. And then one day, um, it was actually Halloween um, of 2016. I was getting my kids ready for trick-or-treating and I ended up having a terrible migraine. Um, went to bed, ended up not even being able to go out trick-or-treating. And when I woke up, I had um, some pretty crazy symptoms, um, numbness on one side of my body and it was very concerning because um, I'd never experienced that with a migraine before. So um, ended up, you know, sort of um, going through that and having to go to doctors to try to figure out what was going on there. And, you know, there were lots of scary words like stroke thrown around. Um, and one morning I woke up um, a few weeks into that um, process and the entire left side of my body was completely numb. Oh and so they you know, had, had said stroke enough times and I had, you know, seen, um, enough information about how fast acting you have to be with strokes that I ended up going straight to the ER. And that started basically a week long stay in the hospital where they, um, you know, did many tests to try to figure out what was going on. And, um, they finally determined that I actually had a dual diagnosis of both Lyme disease and MS. Wow. So, yeah, it turned out that basically the MS had been around for probably quite a while, and then I contracted the Lyme disease, and that sort of triggered mm. um, an MS lesion that I had to wake up, if you will, 
um, and alert us all to, to the issue. <laughs> um, so that's, um, that's sort of how my, my journey, I guess, didn't necessarily begin because I probably had the MS for a while, but how we figured it out. <laughs> how scary. So this was a, almost three years ago. So this is yes. something that you've been working and living with, well, for much longer, like you said, you know, and gosh, geez, as a mom, like, no, you're just a tired mom. Like, how, how do you not discount that? Right. Well, and that was one thing, you know, and I hear that more and more um, as I, you know, am on this journey that people have discounted symptoms and, oh, especially with women, um, you know, oh, you're just tired, like, you know, you're very busy, and of course you're tired, and oh, it's just stress, and um, actually at one point, looking back now, I think that I had um, one very specific MS symptom that I had gone to the doctor about, and he said, oh, it's just the stress, you're just under stress, that's, that's what it is, and looking back now, I realize, oh, no, that's not stress, that's MS, so. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Thanks, Doc. It's definitely hard. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard to um, because you sort of think like, oh, well, you're right. Other people are tired, but then you realize, oh, maybe I am a little more tired. <laughs> yeah, but how do you? I mean, but you wouldn't have known. How would you have known? You've got young kids. You're working full time, and then momming full time. Like none of that is. You can't be like, you know, you can take a break from work, but you can't take a break from momming. Right. <laughs> you know. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, and you think about it too. It, it you keep saying, you know, the mom is a full time. It becomes a full time job to find out what is wrong yeah. that you're dealing with, yeah. and so you know, and it's not something that goes away during the workday, and right. and so it's you're adding a whole additional thing, and you become maybe sometimes your only advocate, you know, and um, especially right. hearing the same message back or, oh, it's just stress or, oh, it's just, you know, even the people surrounding you, the, the, your support network can start to feel like, well, maybe this is, maybe we need to put a pin in this. Maybe this is just what it is. And, right. you know, it wears, I know it did on me when I was going kind of through trying to figure out my health mystery is that it starts to wear down on your confidence and self-esteem and you start second guessing. I started second guessing myself in the workplace too, because as I said, maybe I, I can't trust what I'm feeling here. Or maybe I'm making something out of nothing or it, it just kind of snowballs. At least I've experienced that. Wow. Yeah. And if your doctor is saying you're just tired, it's just life, you know, whatever. Okay, so you spent a week in the hospital then in 2016 and came out with a concrete diagnosis. Was yes. then you okay, so then where do you go from there? So, um right after that was um an interesting time because I ended up coming out um of the hospital and you know, we knew what was going on but um MS is a very, um, it's a very inconcrete diagnosis because you could go many ways. They call it the snowflake disease because no two oh. people experience it the same way. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, you're told like, if anything changes, come back and see us. Um, but I mean, it could be 
you know, 10 years before you have another flare up or, you know, it could be a few, few months. So, you know, just go on your way. Um, and so at first I, you know, I was feeling much better. And so I think I sort of thought to myself, okay, well, it's going to be, um, I'm going to be one of those people who, you know, it's 10 years, you know, I'll be fine. I, you know, I feel great. Everything was wonderful. And so I went back to work. Work was great about, um, you know, accommodating for the time that I was out, you know, and then I got right back into it. And um, a few weeks, I guess, well, maybe it was a couple months actually into that, we had our big conference. Um, I was working for an association at that time. And so I went to the conference, everything was fine. I was feeling, you know, a little nervous, but, you know, I'd been to conferences many times. So, you know, just sort of having to watch out for my health a little bit more and maybe try to rest a little more, but I thought I'd be okay. So I think, I believe it was the third day into the conference, I started feeling a little off and decided to go lay down for a few minutes. So I told my boss, she was fine with it, went to lay down. And when I woke up, um, I had the numbness again, but on the other side of my body. And I tried to get up to walk to the bathroom in my room, and I couldn't. Um, I was, I basically had to crawl to get to the bathroom. So, and of course, that's like the worst place you ever want that to happen during your association big conference. So um, it was, it was terrible timing. Um, but thankfully I had really great coworkers who were able to come, um, rally around, help me. And I ended up having to call my, my husband and my mother to come pick me up. So they ended up having to drive down. Thankfully it wasn't, um, far from my home for this conference. And so they drove down and picked me up. Um, and I ended up having to be wheeled out in a wheelchair out of the hotel. So, um, that was sort of my real introduction to MS because prior to that, it was sort of like, okay, I have this thing and we don't know, you know, how it's going to affect me, but we'll see. Um, But that was my first real flare. So um, after that, I ended up um, doing several months of physical therapy just to get myself back walking again. Um, And, you know, saw different doctors. I saw a psychologist um, for some of the, the um, mental scariness of the disease mm-hmm. um, and just really tried to get myself, um, you know, on treatment like I needed to be and, you know, taking different supplements and watching, you know, what I was eating and how I was, how I was living really. Um, and since then, thankfully, I've I've been in remission, um, and hopefully, I will continue that way for a while. But um, we'll see. <laughs> wow, I, it I it's I mean I've not experienced anything like this before, so I can't ima- I can only imagine how just your brain. I'm glad to hear that you were you know able to speak with someone about you know you know mm-hmm. gosh just the worry and you know all of all of that that comes along with it. So, wow, Elspeth, you're a warrior. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, so, and, and so, so how long after your diagnosis was the conference? And then that's when you really started to ramp up, um, getting some support. 
Yeah, so I was diagnosed formally in December, and then the conference was in February. So it was just a couple months. Um, And actually, several months later, my physical therapist said, you know, because they had told me, okay, well, we'll see you back whenever you have a flare, but it could be a really long time. And she said to me, like, we were shocked that you had to come back that quickly. That's, you know, typically not the way it goes. Wow. So um, I thought, oh, great. Well, lucky me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm, a, I'm one of those blips on the radar. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but honestly, it, it probably was good in that it sort of really, because a lot of people, when they're diagnosed with, with illnesses like MS, they do go into sort of a denial phase where they think like, oh, well, I have this, but I, I feel okay. I'm doing fine. And so they end up maybe not taking the um, treatment that they need to take or, you know, not paying attention to the lifestyle changes that they maybe need to make until then it becomes a much bigger deal um, than it would have been if they had had been, you know, more proactive with it. So did it almost feel like a maintenance thing or just something that you needed to do in order to continue to feel well? Like, like you said, you know, I was feeling okay, but I was doing this, you know, physical therapy anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically since then I've sort of learned, um, I, I have sort of a different feeling about exercise than I used to, mm. you know, it was sort of, um, before I had BMS, it was, I thought to myself like, you know, oh, I want to work out. I want to be in great shape. I, you know, I want to look great in that bathing suit and, uh-huh. you know, and then I would start out, you know, on my routine, but then, you know, a couple months in, I'd start falling off the wagon a little bit and, you know, not making it as often as I, as I had been. And then I would sort of take that as a defeat and then just completely quit, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, well, if I, you know, if I can't be like Mrs. Fitness, then I'm just not even going to do it. That all or nothing. And thing. I, exactly. Yeah. So, and I've realized it's not you know, this is a cliche to say, but it's not a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, you've got to, you know, whatever you can do, whatever point you're at, you know, every little bit is going to add up. And so, you know, if like this week, for instance, we're coming off, I'm coming off of a family vacation. And so I haven't been to the gym like I typically would have been. So old me would probably say, Oh, well, I didn't get to go, you know, on Monday. So I'm just not even going to go this week. Like, you know, <laughs> wait till next week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. You know, but now it's like, well, I'll just go whenever I can fit it in. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it's not consistent as long as, you know, you're getting it in there as much as you possibly can. Right. Right. It's that compassion for, for yourself. You know, I, I think yeah. a lot of times I would, maybe try to, to, you know, work out at the same level or do the same or, or, you know, hold myself to the same, you know, bar. And I think that that has to shift and even changing what that bar might be can feel like you're failing in some way. If you, if you choose to look at it that way, it's really shifting around that entire perspective. As you said, Elspeth, it's like, you know, being more compassionate, being more um, just able to, to manage change, I think, and adjustments and being more flexible. For sure. Wow. It's, it's, it's a lot. And I think it's, you always, I think have to have it 
on on your mind. I mean, you know, when we talk about these lifestyle changes, it, you know, it sounds like you got to a point where it was you have to, like you kind of had to make that decision. Um, in doing that, you know, how did you how did you approach it? You know, did you kind of do a self assessment of all of their various areas, or you would just kind of like as something came up, you'd think about how to adapt? I mean, that can be overwhelming in and of itself, right? To make those types of lifestyle changes. For sure, and um, you know, I think it's a little bit at a time. You sort of have to. Um, I always like that saying about like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, yes. you know, so you don't have to eat the entire elephant all at one time. Um, but just as you continue and really as you continue making changes, it becomes easier to make other changes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started out definitely, um, turning to my doctors, um, to, you know, get advice and opinions on, you know, what they would suggest, and then also um, joining different groups um, in the MS community specifically just to see, you know, what people have found helps and what they found doesn't help, and um, that sort of set me on the road that I was on. So there's certain, you know, for, I mean, there's different components to it. There's the psychological component, which, as I mentioned um, I saw a psychologist for a while to try to just, you know, come to terms basically with the uncertainty because I'm definitely a planner. I'm the type of person who wants to, you know, know what the plan is and know, you know, what we're going to do, A, B, C, D, and then we're going to have this outcome and that's how it's going to go. And MS is definitely not sticking to the plan. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had to really basically come to terms with that and sort of show myself that really that's life. That's not just life with MS. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, things are not going to go to plan and you have to be able to deal with that no matter if you're fighting a chronic illness or, you know, if you're in tip top physical condition, there, there could be something that could happen that could change all that. Yeah. So that was a hard, hard pill for me to swallow, but um, also um, ended up getting on a treatment plan. So I'm in uh, what's called disease modifying therapy, which is basically medication to keep the illness from getting worse. Um, you know, one thing you said during the introduction that really sort of um, is something that I've come to, to realize is that people expect you to get better. So when you don't really get better, they don't really know how to react to you. <laughs> and, you know, the medications that I'm on are designed basically to help me not get any worse rather than not get any better. Yeah. So it's become, you know, interesting during conversation because, every, oh, well, how are you doing? You know, you know, are you better? And when, when I first got sick, I had this one coworker and he would come by all the time and he meant well. I know that he did. But he, oh, are you, are you feeling better? How how are you doing? Or, you know, are you better now? And it was like, you know, no, I'm never going to be better. I might have a good day or yeah. I might, you know, improve in certain ways, but this is not something that you get better from. Yeah. So. Well, and 
and it's good to know that you, it sounds like you have many methods of, you know, at least sort of maintaining where you are. And I guess you're right. I guess I hadn't thought of that before, you know, um, like I sprained my ankle. Okay. Wow. I sprained my ankle. Am I better? Yes, I'm better. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that is something that does end, right? Mm -hmm. You eventually can walk and bear weight on your foot again, but this isn't like that. And I think you're right. You know, while they mean well, gosh, how does that affect you? Like, no, there's no cure for this. It's not, you know, there are, there are methods of dealing, there's methods of maintaining, but there, you know, I'm, I'm right. Yes. I'm having a better day. Thanks. But that's, that's gotta be hard. That's, that's gotta be, you know, mentally hard to um, hear that all the time. Well, and you don't want to be the person who's always saying like, you know, cause then it seems like, oh, she's so negative, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's right. never going to get better. Like she's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe if you had a positive attitude, you'd get better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Right, 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 right. So you jumped right into, to making these changes and, um, and so they affected you in a positive way though. Yes, definitely. Um, so the medications that I'm on have had me at a stable place. Um, then I've also started to incorporate working out as much as I can. Yeah. Um, again, it's um, more of a marathon than a sprint. I try to fit it in, you know, as often as I can during the week. There's some weeks that I'm better than others, yeah. but it's definitely gotten to the point now where, you know, I don't give up just because maybe I missed a week. Um, you know, I, I keep at it. I also, I had a real challenge, which I think a lot of mothers feel, you know, especially if you work outside the home, you've been away from your kids all day and then your time to work out is at the end of the day. So you're taking more time away, um, you know, from, from them. And that was something that I, I had a really hard time with. And actually my mom, um, I was talking with her and she really sort of gave me something, something to think about that I hadn't thought about previously was, you know, yes, you're taking time away right now from them, but are you adding time in the future that oh, you're wow. going to be able to have with them? Mm. Um, which I had just not really thought of it um, in that way, but it's so true. And, um, you know, really with MS, they're finding that, um, you know, the more you move, the more you'll continue to move. Previously, it was when she were diagnosed, it was kind of like, oh, well, you just better sit down, you know, like you, you know, you don't want to overdo it. And, you know, you're probably going to be in a wheelchair and that's what you can do and just rest. Um, but now they found that exercise, of course, within moderation, um, you know, really has the opposite effect and keeps you moving. Yeah. So I think of every workout that I do now as maybe, you know, a hike I'll be able to take with my kids, you yeah. know, next year, or like, maybe I'll be able to take my grandkids to the beach one day, yeah. you know, okay. every workout is sort of putting a little um, investment yes. um, into that. So that's sort I of love that. What a, what a, I'm just going to do a call out real quick. I, you did climb, you were standing on top of a rock on top of some mountain or something in a national I park last did. week. So <laughs> you're not slowing yourself down by any means. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not easy. It was funny because I read that that was a shorter hike 
but what I missed was that it was short but strenuous. Oh, <laughs> so, short check. I was, yeah, it was. I was questioning whether I could make it, but thankfully I, I did see the benefits of all those workouts. So. <laughs> That's great. I mean, did you even imagine, you know, three or so years ago that you would even be able to do something like this at this point? No. And that's what I told my husband as we were going, because a few times, you know, I had to take a break, but I just kept telling myself, like, you couldn't walk and now you're climbing a mountain. Like you couldn't walk and now you're climbing a mountain. So just keep going. You can do it. You know? Wow. So That's excellent. I'm so glad. I mean, that's, that's so encouraging. And I hope that people who are listening right now are inspired and encouraged to, you know, despite you know, getting a a diagnosis or something like this, you know, these things are sometimes unavoidable and it's just, you know, how our bodies are, you know, um, but to, to persevere and to continue working and gosh, I love, I love what you said, like every, every little bit that you do, even if it's not like I can't get my hour in the day or, you know, I didn't make my 10,000 steps, like even, you know, 2000 steps are 2000 steps more you know, moving me toward maybe a little bit better quality of life in the long run or, you know, mm-hmm. seeing those grandkids. I, I just, I just love that. And I think that's a great way. Um, it's, it's very mm-hmm. inspiring to, to hang on to that and just know that every little bit I'm doing is, 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 is to the good. Right. Yeah. I, that I, had to be a big mind shift for me because I definitely used to think it was all or nothing. <laughs> right. That's a huge mind shift. That I mean, in anything, all or nothing is just a, it's a hard way to be when you want to, when you're trying to make improvements, because if you hit that, nothing, you're done. Um, well, you know, absolutely. And I, I think Angela, I know you have a weight loss journey. I, I've struggled with weight too. It's, it is, you come into it sometimes with that all or nothing mindset. And it's the same thing. It's a marathon, not, not a race. Yep. And, yep. you know, you have to kind of just, I mean, you know, you, I know you were struggling last time we were together with a, with a twisted ankle. I said, well, don't let that stop you. You can be doing bicep curls on the couch. Right. <laughs> upper body. School, baby. <laughs> Just the adapt- adaptability, I think, is really, you know, what some of these things teach you. You know, it, it comes at first as a blow, but then, you know, maybe it welcomes in a different approach to life or mindset um, that, you know, is healthier in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, and so I guess I have to ask like, you know, Elspeth, you know, how, how did this touch down in, in the workplace and in the sense of, you know, disclosing um, the illness either at your current job or, you know, as, you, as you've moved on to, to different roles at different organizations? Um, you know, I, I know that that's probably something on people's minds. Could you speak a little bit to that? And um you know, maybe how that, that might touch down for people and what worked for you? Definitely. So, um, I have since moved, um, into a new role, but, um, at my, um, prior place of business, it was pretty obvious that something was wrong with me. So everyone sort of was on the journey with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they all knew about my diagnosis right away because it was something that I really couldn't hide. Um, so, and I'll say it was in the beginning, I think what you said earlier about, you know, the chronic nature of these sort of illnesses, you know, after a while, it's sort of, 
becomes old to people, <laughs> you know, like, okay, you're still, de- still dealing with that, you know, like, okay, can we move on sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely ran into that um, in a few cases and, you know, you just, you sort of feel like you are that, like, you know, you're beating that, you know, dead horse, like, oh, she's still, but really you are still dealing with it. So you, you can't just, you know, turn it off when you're at work. Um, I, I have had, you know, great experiences in terms of accommodations. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, you know, workplaces that I've been in have been great about helping to, you know, whether it's adjusting a schedule or allowing me to work remotely. Um, they've been great. Um, but I've definitely run into points where, you know, you, you'll hear people say like work-life balance, work-life balance, but then once it comes down to you actually having to take that balance, you're sort of seen as maybe a liability or, you know, someone who's a little weaker. Mm -hmm. Um, so coming into my new position, I was definitely, um, apprehensive about disclosing, you know, so for the first few months, I didn't tell anyone. Um, and actually I really debated it, um, but decided not to. There were a few jobs actually that I had applied for that asked you to disclose your disability status, which for the first time, you know, I was like, oh, I'm really considered disabled, you know, so I'll disclose it. And I, I know most likely this didn't have anything to do with it, but none of the jobs that I had to disclose for did I get any sort of callback for. Mm. So it definitely sort of makes you think like, well, if I hadn't checked that, would they have called me? I, you know, I don't know. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely a strange place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my current position, I did end up disclosing um, my disability. I ended up having to go for like a routine MRI. And my my boss was, you know, very sweet and kind. And, you know, I knew she was wondering, like, is she okay? What's, what's she going in for? So I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make this a scary, unknown thing. I'm just gonna I'm just going to tell it like it is because a lot of times people, I think imagination takes them farther than what, you know, is really going on. So um, I did tell her and then I actually ended up having a um, article come out in um, parents magazine um, relating back to um, Selma Blair and her diagnosis of MS. Um, She's about the same age as I am and she's a a mom with a a child about the same age um, that I have. And so um, I was able to share that article here at work and that, um, you know, sort of let people know as well. And then I also um, shared the MS walk this year um, on behalf of my workplace. And so we had a a crew come together and, um, you know, I was able to to share a little bit about MS with my coworkers and everyone's been very generous in terms of donations and, um, you know, donating time for the, the walk. So, you know, I find that people, once they learn more about it, you know, they're generally, you know, open to helping. It's just sort of the unknown and the, you know, when they, when they are not sure what you have and you're just missing lots of work and they're sort of wondering, it always ends up being sounding scarier than it really is, I feel. 
Well, and that's not necessarily right. It, it, did you need, I mean, it was part of your interview process to disclose, but isn't that, it's still considered a private thing, isn't it? It is, it is. And typically you don't have to tell, or not typically, you don't have to tell unless you need an accommodation. Yeah. So um, people with disabilities are protected, of course, by the American Disabilities Act. Right. Um, and there's a lot of nuance to that, but typically um they say that the accommodation has to be reasonable. So it needs to be something that's not going to cause like a huge amount of burden on the employer, mm. um, which is important to know as an employer as well, that, you know, if, if someone with a disability comes to you and, and asks for something like working from home or, um, you know, maybe changing a schedule, um, it's important not to dismiss that um, immediately offhand because maybe you've never done that before or, you know, that's, just not something your organization does um, because as long as it's a reasonable accommodation by law that um, employee is protected by the ADA um, so it's, it's great that we have that protection because I think a lot of times people don't um, don't take the time to see things from other people's perspective mm -hmm. which can be addressed a detriment if you have a, a chronic illness yeah that's for sure well, I'm glad that it was a, um, you know, that it's been a positive revelation for you in your current workplace and that, you know, people are, you know, understanding of, you know, what, what MS is and how it could affect you and um, that they're supportive. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm sure it was scary to make that decision um, after having kept it quiet for a period of time. It definitely was. It was something I debated for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and on that point, I mean, what would you say to someone else that might be starting this sort of journey, um, you know, in terms of how to approach making changes or disclosing in the workplace, um, you know, things like that, you know, I, I, again, just from your personal experience, I know each, each person has their own journey, but just maybe some kind of quick takeaways on, on how maybe people can approach this when, when they're faced with this. Yeah. So, um, you know, in terms of the workplace, I would say don't feel pressured to tell anyone anything until you're ready. Um, because one thing I'm, you know, I read that really stuck with me is, um, you know, once you tell someone it's out there, it's not something you can take back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you need to feel prepared for that and you need to feel comfortable with the people that you're disclosing to now in some cases you know if you need an accommodation you know there's no choice and you may just need to go ahead but your you know HR should be able to work with you and you can feel you know confident in terms of like the ADA protection and I would say definitely look into um, the ADA um, with MS specifically, we have the MS um, Society, and they have a lot of great resources in terms of people who will talk to you about how to approach an employer. And I'm sure that different um, groups have the same thing, you know, depending on what illness you might be dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, that's just specific to MS. Um, but definitely don't feel you know, forced into anything, mm -hmm. you know, you can take everything at your own pace. And I would say, don't try 
to solve everything all at once. I think the first year is extremely overwhelming. Um, you know, you're still trying to figure out, you know, every little ache and pain is, is that MS or is that, you know, just a headache or, you know, and so it, it's difficult to sort of basically relearn how to be in your body. Mm. Um, so don't, I would say, don't make any big decisions or feel forced into anything. Just take your time and sort of, you know, figure things out as, as you, you know, come across different issues. Don't feel like you have to solve everything all at once. Mm -hmm. But I think that would be my, my biggest um, piece of advice to anybody going through sort of a change like this. Don't feel like it's got to change all at one time. Well, any big change is overwhelming if you've, and, and I think that's applicable. I mean, not only to this, and I'm not trying to minimize this, you know, news in someone's life, but anything, you know, you've got to take a little bit of baby steps and give yourself a little bit of grace. I mean, and that's something that we try and talk about a lot, like any big work change or any big, you know, health, any, you know, anything like that. You've got to sort of, you know, take a breath and <laughs> do what you can, yeah. right? Um, because otherwise it will be overwhelming. And especially if you're, like you said, you sort of maybe used to be, maybe you're a, a transformed all or nothing, <laughs> formerly all or nothing person. Um, you know, of course, yes, I want it all fixed and I want to be totally transformed and, you know, but, but gosh, I think the pressure of that is just way, way too much and, and, um, more easily feeling failure if you can't get it all done now. So I love that advice. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, any parting, any parting words, ladies? I mean, I, 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 I'm really excited to, um, to hear what our listeners have to say about this topic and, um, certainly appreciate, um, your honesty and candor and, and sharing your experience, um, so far about this major, major, you know, lifestyle change that you have made, um, how to take care of yourself. So thank you so much for that. Any parting words, ladies? Yeah, no, I just say, you know, if you have someone in your life who has a chronic illness, um, or if you maybe have a chronic illness or are feeling like you, you may, um, I would say the biggest thing I've learned is just not to make assumptions. Um, you know, whether that's about someone else or about your own health, um, you know, because, I found that that definitely closes you off to, to learning new things. And it also closes you off from, you know, having empathy for other people and, um, you know, making things work the way that a lot of people with chronic illnesses, you know, need to, to operate. So that would be my one, one thing I think, but I appreciate you guys having me on today. I've um, really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Great advice. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we will post that mega thread in the group Ooh. today and I will tag you Elspeth in that in case anyone wants to engage with you there or has any questions. Um, 
about that. So again, thank you so much. Um, well, that just about wraps our episode for today. Um, we'll be bringing you more content on chronic illness and in the workplace through the month of August, through okay. our posts in the Facebook group. So um, if you are new, if you've just found us um, first on the podcast, you can definitely request uh, to come in the group. Um, but as you all know, Healthy Bias uh, oh, let's start that over again. <laughs> by association is powered by intention, tongue tied and all. So we hope you will power your week with intention. You know, this is a good time. It's the beginning of the month. Hit that reset button. If you need it today, set a good intention for the week, whether it's, you know, to show yourself a little compassion, whether it's to, you know, start a walking program or to give up your all or nothingness, um, anything related to your health and wellness journey, please share any success, any struggles in our Facebook group. Um, we just find inspiration in each other um, and uh, always ready to give and share support. So um, with that, I thank you all so much and I hope you all goal getters have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the healthy by association podcast for links and other resources. Please see our show notes. Also request to join our Facebook community at healthy by association. You can subscribe to the HBA podcast through various platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor FM. Don't forget to rate and review, and be sure to power your week with intention. Thanks for listening.